Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey everyone, great to have you back for another episode of the Inner Revolution. Just wanted to consider a couple of themes with you today in regards to confusion and persuasion how to be persuaded in our minds by the authority of the Word of God so that we're not living in confusion. I mean, we turn on our televisions today, we listen to the internet, we uh, our social media platforms, there's so much talking, so much confusion, so much, uh, so, so much noise that can really enter our soul and our mind, and it can bring in such anxiety and fear And uh, this episode, I just want to talk a little bit about how to discern confusion, how to deal with confusion, and really to prevent this confusion that can take over, can sweep us away, can really have this, uh, you know, these panic attacks and these things that so many, you know, that struggle with these things. Now, when you think about confusion, we think of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, that literally says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Now, when you think about confusion, there's a couple of things that are clear. First of all, confusion is a lot of information coming at you or I at once. It is information that maybe we have not yet processed fully. Maybe it's uh, information that we don't quite understand all of the ramifications or even the, the source or the truth of it all, but it's just an inundation of information. And as we process it, we are asking ourselves this question, do we believe it? Is this something that is true to me or true or absolutely true? James chapter one talks about the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways in verse 8. And that means he is standing in two places. He has not uh, made a firm decision, but he is standing on the fence. He is wishy-washy, or, and he is um, not settled. The, the complete uh, thought is if he's persuaded of something, but he's the jury is still out. The the idea is still being processed in his mind. Now, the devil takes advantage of confusion because he loves to uh, bring imbalance to the believer's life. He loves to cause doubt. He loves to bring in fear. But there really is an answer to confusion, and that is the peace of God. Now, we can look at the comparison of confusion maybe many little pieces of information that have not yet been processed or have not yet been uh, agreed on as truth. Comparatively is peace, uh, where God himself speaks peace. There's a wholeness. There is a absoluteness. There is a stability in Isaiah 33, 6. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Now, in our minds and our hearts, we must be very careful, first of all, to guard our heart with all diligence in Proverbs chapter 4, because out of it come the issues of life. So when we consider information, we want to make sure that 
as we've said in previous broadcasts, to have the have it go through the filter of the Word of God, the filter of truth, to take information and, and hold it, lay it before the Lord, pray over it, and ask ourselves this question. Is this something that reflects the authority and nature of God, the authority of the Word and the nature of God? This simple um, comparison will greatly tell you the source of the information. Um, is it a source that produces peace or, or from peace, or is it a source that fragments and fractures and divides? And, and we know that that's the author of confusion. Satan also is the author of lies. There's no truth in him in John 8, 44. So with information that we see, uh, it's so important to identify the source and therefore we know what kind of information this is. We said in previous broadcasts that any information that does not go through the cross becomes uncontrollable knowledge, which means it's like rogue knowledge. And just like free radicals in the body that uh that in, 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 in this case, we could call free radicals of cancer in the body can take over and kill other healthy cells. This is what happens when we hear information that is overwhelming, confusing, not sure if it's true or not. Uh, it's creating doubt. It's, it's creating questions. Uh, this can take over a healthy mind, a healthy spirit. The calm now turns into a panic or stress or worry. But God, you know, but God has an answer. We see in Proverbs 22, 13, the lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. Uh, the, the, uh, the King James says there's a lion in the street. And uh, that's very interesting because think about that truth for a minute. Is that really true? Is there really a lion in the street? Do lions walk in the street? Well, very rarely, if at all, usually lions are in the wild. They're usually in a place of, of uh, cover, like a forest, um, or in a place where they can have be camouflaged. So when we hear information, we want to be persuaded with God. We want to be settled and established. We want it to be rooted and grounded that the truth is something that holds us firm in the place where God has us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. Otherwise, we're going to say something that is just simply not true. There's a lion in the street. Oh, really? You know, oh, really? Is that true? No, it's not true. But I'm believing it's true because the more I refer to it, the more it becomes implanted in my mind. And then I begin to uh, make a decision not based on fact, uh, not based on absolute truth, but based on my feelings. And this is where confusion has a great advantage. I call it a psychological schizophrenia, or we could say an emotional schizophrenia, where you have many different sides and personalities that rear their ugly head, and they literally overcome, uh, they literally overcome us uh, in our mind, and we can become depressed, oppressed, and uh, can enter into all kinds of emotional uh, challenges. So when you think about, we could say this by way of 
by way of illustration, like barracudas or piranhas. Maybe piranhas is a better is a better um, example. You know, there's a still lake, but you throw something in, and there's piranhas that just below the surface. Let's say you throw a fish in, there'll be a huge frenzy where all these piranhas will come up and they'll literally attack the fish and they'll just devour it in a moment. This is what happens sometimes as we're triggered, as we live in emotional schizophrenia, we begin to take on different personalities, different fears, different worries, our mood changes, uh, our facial expression changes, our strength is dissipated. Uh, there's so many hijacking that the devil brings in through confusion. Well, what's the answer? Well, the answer is, um, in 2 Timothy 1.12, it is persuasion, that I am persuaded, uh, that I am won over mentally, that I, am, I have settled the issue. I have confidence in God. I have been won over, that I have made a decision in my mind. I have settled issues in my heart so that when I'm asked, I have a precise answer. When the temptation comes, there is a precise response. When... Um, when the unknown or the surprises happen, there is a peace that passes understanding why. Because we have wholeness. We have an absolute anchor of the soul, just like a boat is connected to the ocean floor. It's, it's an anchor that's connected to something that is immovable. We might be tossed around like waves. We might be bounced around by the wind, but our anchor holds in something immovable. And this is why it's so key today, like never before, to really uh, operate in the peace of God, to be persuaded. In Romans chapter 8, uh, we see through 36 through 39, he is persuaded those nine things, neither death nor life, principalities nor powers. And he goes on to say that I'm persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Why is that? Because he had, you know, Paul had been through some deep things where God showed him personally that he was not to fear, not to question, not to wonder, but the stability of God becomes the stability of our emotions. The stability of God becomes the stability of our thinking. The stability of God becomes the stability of, of, of our of our being in these in unstable times. So many people are crying out for things that are outside in the streets that do not exist. They are prefabricated. They are myths or they are something that is a trumped up lie or a projection. And without true um, understanding from God, discernment, wisdom, without knowing the source uh, of these matters, then we will enter into a state of confusion. Well, we have uh, great hope today in Hebrews eleven thirteen that we can have be persuaded of the promise of God. They were persuaded, even though they died in faith, they were persuaded. They knew it was going to happen because they knew the promise was going to come to fruition. Why? Because they knew who the promiser was. They know who God is. It's the same principle in Romans 4.21. They knew that what Christ had promised, 
he himself will perform. Think about the confidence and the stability and the uh, trustworthiness, the credibility of who God is really keeps us from the author of confusion. Now, how is it that we can subdue confusion? Well, number one, we must uh, bring validity to the authority of the Word of God. And why do I say that? Well, the authority of God is uh, authoritatively true, regardless if I believe it or not, Romans 3.3. But as we accept the Word, as we embrace the Word, as we put faith in the Word, the authority of the Word of God takes authority over us. So his life begins to dominate and rule our life. That's the beautiful word of self-control or whole or Holy Spirit dominance that we see in Galatians 5.22. Lord, this is some surprising information. This is a bad situation. This is, um, you know, this projection seems so real. The, the lie that's closest to the truth seems to have so much power. But what do I do? I want to give authority to the right thing in my life. I want to give authority to the Word of God. So in our present landscape with this health crisis, this mental health crisis is really what it is, uh, we want to give authority to the Word of God. What does God say? Well, as we pray and seek His face and we hearken unto Him, He'll keep us from the fear of of evil in Proverbs 1.31. As we seek the Lord, he will add and keep us in his perfect peace in Isaiah 26.3. As we uh, yield to him and uh, we'll see him demonstrate his righteousness in Romans 3.24-26. So let's say I'm looking ahead and I'm a, I'm a parent or a young person and we kind of wonder you know, what's our future going to be like, you know, with all this pandemic and all this political um, chaos? You know, what is what is my future going to be like? Well, if we try to understand it by sight, we will have a lot of noise and and um, a lot of fear will be generated because there will there will not be precise truth. There'll be too many maybes or there'll be too many uh, scenarios that are hard to process. But as we seek the Lord and seek his face and we call out to him, he will make our paths straight in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Notice this in Proverbs 16, 32. It says, a man that can control his spirit is better than one that can take a city. Now, that's an interesting point. A lot of effort is let's take the city, let's be warriors, let's do a great thing, let's do a great activity, let's do a great um, conquest. But God is saying a heart that is kept by him has great has a great reward. So in these days when there's chaos and confusion and many uh, conspiracy theories and many uh, strange, um, and I can't think of a better two words than a than a s emotional schizophrenia when people take on a, just another spirit. Uh, God is saying, "Let me control you. Therefore, you 
Don't try to control your situation. Don't try to be in control, especially of, of another person. But instead, let me conquer you. Let me control you. Let me fill you. And then what happens? Then we have wisdom and knowledge, and we're really yielding. We're really yielding to the things of God. Now, think about this. As the world becomes more confused, the believer becomes more persuaded. As the world becomes more confused, why? Because the unbeliever does not have a place of rest. The unbeliever does not have an absolute truth of a biblical worldview. They have only themselves. They have only their resources. They have only the things that they know. But the believer has a tremendous source. The absolute truth controls them absolutely as we settle and surrender and in, uh, really uh, we become uh, engrafted in this truth. And the word of God, the authority of the word of God takes authority over us. Now, granted, we will be surprised. There'll be times of fear. There'll be times of discouragement. Absolutely. But they will be shorter. There'll be times of recovery. There'll be times where we say, God, not my will, but thine. Lord, I'm in trouble here, but you're in control. Lord, I need your help here. So the the believer who's prepared and persuaded, he will take on the the power and purposes of God. So that's that's an amazing spirit where the Holy Spirit begins to dominate my spirit. Now, what will happen in these days, uh, two words that we hear a lot about in addictions counseling, but could be uh, really spoken about in a larger way, is uh, the word enablement. And then there's a word called empowerment. Now, the word enablement means someone uh, strengthens an excuse for you to stay the same way. So what they do is, or what the situation allows is, instead of uh, moving beyond and growing in your situation, uh, it gives an excuse or a means to uh, stay the same, to uh, just justify this neutrality. <clears throat> like, um, you know, and, you know, uh, maybe a parent, <clears throat> excuse me, a parent that is um, enabling their 30 or 40 year old child to, you know, stay with them and not <clears throat> grow out of out of that parenting stage. But their 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 growth is stunted they're, and therefore they're enabled to stay the same. And there's plenty of excuses to do that. You know, I see this all the time, many good excuses to not uh, launch out into the deep or not maybe good excuses to justify why not to take that step of faith uh, to uh, many good excuses by sight to say no to God and yes to my self comfort and comfort zone. <clears throat> well, when we're persuaded, and that's God just simply rehearsing and re renewing our mind, and we're, we've settled issues. We don't even need to pray about some issues anymore because why? They're settled. They're part of us. We know God's mind about the situation. And then we become empowered. And that empowerment is a divine ability for us to change, a divine ability for us to move forward, a divine ability for us to take the risk and uh, find God's glory in that risk. 
Well, this is such an important point. Like as we are persuaded, we gain this empowerment. As we're persuaded, we have a healthy mind in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. We don't have that spirit of fear. What if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if this variant happens? And what if what if I get sick? And you know, this whole fear mongering, and that's exactly what it is with a 99.8% recovery. I mean, you know, it's it's just baffling to me that our world is in a spirit of fear and a spirit of confusion. And the devil laughs. He's laughing because why? Because he knows that when we're fragmented and not standing in one place, we're easily able to be knocked over. I remember in martial arts, your stance is everything, the way you stand. Because when the the, the opponent strikes, you can use their inertia and their power against them by simply uh, pivoting on the foot, shifting your shoulders or waist. But, but you're also able to, uh, if you were hit, you're able to push back on your rear foot and to absorb the blow without being knocked over. Now, obviously, we wanted block and, and weave and these types of things not to uh, incur a blow. But the point is this, is that the way you stand is critical lest you fall. So when we think about empowerment, God is saying, I'm going to empower you in Galatians 5.22 with my fruit and my spirit. I'm going to give you the uh, those nine fruits. Uh, love, joy, peace, and gentleness, and meekness, and temperance, and so on and so forth. These are abilities. Instead of having emotional schizophrenia, I'm going to take on the spirit of gentleness. I'm going to take on the spirit of of joy, the spirit of long-suffering. Why? Because you and I have embraced the authority of the Word of God as the highest authority. This is why when we concentrate on the Word of God, it's the highest form of worship. Why? Because we're focusing on something that has the highest authority. He puts his word above his very name. And that's Psalm 138, verse 2. Why? Because the word describes his name. So credibility, thinking that we have that the word of God is true. It is relevant. It is quick and powerful. It's living in Ephesians in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And we want to have we want to be persuaded of that. Just like it says in Acts 13, 43, we want to be persuaded in grace. 2 Timothy 1, 5 and 1, 12. We want to be persuaded that God is doing an eternal work in, uh, in our loved ones, in the family of God. So is there a lion in the street? I doubt it. It's very unusual that this would be a statement. And notice how it says the slacker the slacker. <laughs> it says the Lord's eyes, this is Proverbs twenty-two twelve. the Lord's eyes keep watch over knowledge, but he's frustrated the words of the faithless. And there he goes, the slacker says, there's a lion outside. I will be slain in the street. Notice this. Um, when we think about the double negative, the double negative or people talking out of both sides of their mouth, there is great deception that's seen in 1 John, 2 and 3 John. That is the greatest warning to the believer. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. If we do not fellowship with the authority of the will, word of God, we will uh, prop up our own righteousness in Romans 10, 3. 
we will be ignorant of righteousness. We will not submit to truth. Therefore, we'll be deceived. Something will look so real, but it'll be false. And it's interesting, you know, false evidences appearing real. One of the great acronyms of the word fear. We need to take hold of the fear and say, wait a minute. Is this something that I can uh, find the authority in the Bible? Does it, is it something that brings perfect peace? Is it something, of course not. Is it something that leads me to Jesus? No, it leads me running around my head cut off. Uh, like this, this great anxiety and panic attacks and, and isolation. This is all things that the devil loves to do. Where God gathers, the devil scatters. The, the, the devil enables, but God empowers. But we must be persuaded. We must be persuaded that after death, there is eternal life. We must be persuaded that God's nature will never change in Hebrews 13, 5 and 8. We must be persuaded that there is a heaven and that there is a hell and people are going there at every tick of the clock. This is why we must share our faith. This is why our world is in such hypnosis, because there people are fearing things because they don't have the right answers to them. They don't know that putting their faith in Christ and being persuaded in 1 Timothy 1.12, that being persuaded, or excuse me, 2 Timothy 1.12, that what we put into the hands of God, he himself will keep. We will be persuaded that if we believe in him, he will keep us. Our center must be faith-centered. Otherwise, the lie of the world will uh, just create great havoc in our souls. And instead of having peace and poise and knowing how to respond, we will uh, be wasted and um, will retreat because there will not be the strength that, um, that God promises. Well, he promises strength in Isaiah chapter 40, 28 through 31. I think it's verse 30 that says he'll give strength to the weary. And I love that. I love that. So let's let's yield to the Lord and speak precisely. Let's, let's settle things in our heart. Let's settle the issue of salvation. Let's settle the issue of sin. Let's settle the issue of, um, you know, maybe there are people in your lives that you know, some people need to be reassured that they're valuable or reassured that they're loved or reassured that they're accepted or reassured that, they're, that they have significance. Well, when we take on the authority of the word of God, then we have an authority that defines our, our self-image, that we have an authority that defines who we are, because no no amount of words will be enough. No accolades, no praise, no constant validations. These things will never be enough. But in Christ, when we embrace and settle and believe and be won over, uh, these then begin to create confidence and courage. Uh, you know, again, questions are not wrong. Doubts are not wrong. These are things that are everyday occurrences, but it's where it takes you. Where do my questions take me? Uh, where do my doubts take me? Does it take me to the Bible? Does it take me to a message? Does it take me to my pastor? Does it take me to the family of God, other counselors? Or does it take me into this conspiracy theory 
or this uh, cascading of vain questioning and um, being cynical and and uh, needing to be convinced. Well, I, I think of this when you go soul winning, when you go out and share your faith. It's like we're not out there winning people to Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that brings in persuasion. He persuades. He touches the innermost part of the person's heart. And he says, you know what? You need this. This is me. This is what you're looking for. It might not sound like it, but it's exactly what you need. Well, as I close today, maybe you're in a place of confusion. Well, rehearse the things that are permanent. Rehearse the things that have authority found in the Bible. And 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 take a hold of your feelings, your emotions. Don't let there be an emotional mutiny in your spirit. Don't let there be an emotional schizophrenia. Don't let there be uh, this, this chaos, but instead like on on a ship, the captain takes control and says, wait a minute, this is true, this is a lie. This is something that, that reflects the heart of the Bible, heart of God, this does not. And we take control of the atmosphere. We take control of our mindset. We take control and then our confession changes and our declaration has power. Don't let an emotional mutiny happen in your heart. Stand fast in the word. Stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast in love. Stand fast in those things that are settled. Uh, 1989 of Psalms, thy word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.